0: Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: To Grealish or not to Grealish, that's the question on everybody's lips. While Jack may currently be football's Romeo, we ask whether or not he's capable of capuletting himself into City stardom. A genuine concern or is it much about nothing? We can't promise Shakespeare puns all day, but we can assure you some top quality Manchester City insight just as you like it. It's Tuesday, the first of November. White Rabbit, everybody. I'm Amos Murphy.
2: I'm Adam Booker.
0: I'm Alex Brotherton, and this is the City Report podcast.
1: to going.
2: Aguero,
1: unbelievable. Manchester United 1 Manchester City 6 It's 2 for Dzeko
0: Tottenham Hotspur 3 Manchester City 4 They have made the impossible possible Okay, be honest Um, Did you like the Shakespeare puns, lads? How how was that? How did it go? Did, did, did Did it sound as good in my head as it did out loud?
2: It it definitely did. I'm hoping now. You've you've set the mood now that I'm hoping we get through the next half hour without giggling like little school children <laughs> every time we try to speak.
3: Yeah, I think you've just But you've just set expectations unrealistically high now. You know, every oh, every episode you're gonna have to come up with some sort of monologue to,
0: <laughs> to <laughs> no, begin. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I feel like being back in year 10 high school studying English literature again. Um, right. OK, so what can you expect in today's show apart from really terrible puns? Um, well, as the introduction sort of alluded to, I don't know if you, you caught it from what I was getting at. We're going to be chatting wingers in particular one. What's his nickname at the moment? Love Island Lanzini. Um it was a bone of contention for some during the win over Leicester at the weekend. Some weren't happy with the way in which City's wingers attacked and some haven't been all season, to be honest. So we're going to review that and we're going to look back and, and say whether or not there's right to be concerned about City's wingers, whether or not City need to go into the market in January. And we're going to give each winger a rating as well. Um, if you haven't already, go back and listen to Monday's show. Obviously, if if you weren't aware, we've gone daily, so new episodes, every Monday to Friday started with Monday today is obviously Tuesday let's get into it then Alex we'll start with you you were covering the game on the Manchester Evening News live blog I believe on what was it Saturday morning afternoon now um what did you make of City's attacking endeavors at the King Power obviously as I said we we reviewed the game in general Kevin De Bruyne is great Edison played well our money and we'll get back into it again. Jack Grealish did well as well. But in terms of the way City attacked, not only in that game as well but the last couple of weeks, how have you found it from your your vantage point?
3: Yeah, I think it's it was kind of in keeping with what we've seen in the last few weeks or last few games really, where it doesn't things don't seem to be quite as you know, fluid or free-flowing as we, you know they kind of had been in, the, in the, the games you know, since the start of the season really and I don't know whether Haaland sort of not playing quite as much recently. Obviously he didn't play in Copenhagen. Then he came off at halftime against Dortmund and then he didn't play at all at Leicester. Whether things just seem a little bit less exciting because, you know, we're not we're not, you know, just expecting a goal every five minutes from him. But yeah, in terms of, of Saturday's game, it, it uh, yeah, it just all seemed a little bit like obviously City were dominant in the first half as as you guys discussed on yesterday's pod, but they didn't actually create that many many sort of clear chances there was that the Julian Alvarez chance where it's saved and Mm. you know yes maybe if he'd scored it would have been reviewed and it would have counted but um there wasn't too many to my sort of recollection too many clear chances and I don't know if it's I don't know it's hard to put a finger on it really but it's I guess what we saw on on Saturday was you know how the team set up they weren't going to have you know you know, um, what particularly wide wingers. Let's say they weren't. You know, Grealish. He does obviously plays high and left, but he's always going to look to cut inside. Obviously, Bernardo on the other flank isn't really a winger. Yes, he can play there and do it very well. Um, but obviously, the game plan was just to try and slip some balls in towards sort of Julian Alvarez. Um, when that didn't seem to come off that often, and he, you know, he was making the runs, but it's hard to do it when there's such a, a packed defense in front of you. And then we just saw, you know, crosses going in. Perhaps Haaland would have made something of those crosses. Alvarez is considerably shorter than, than Haaland. I could and- say so. <laughs> yeah, could.
0: Most people are to be honest, <laughs> True. We're not here to height shame.
3: True. Um, but yeah, so it just looked a little bit blunt in some ways, which is is weird to say given how dominant City were. But they just didn't really have make too many sort of chances, I, d- I don't feel. Mm. Um and yeah, and and obviously we saw the sort of tactic again that we've seen a bit more recently where, you know, João Cancelo is almost playing as a left winger and it doesn't, I mean, so he, he does look good at it, but it just looks like he's not quite really found his stride in that role. I think he looks better when, um, you know, he's sort of tucking into midfield and obviously you don't need him to do that every game, but it just seems that. It's a little bit blunt at the minute. I don't know. Maybe it is all linked into Haaland. It's it's hard to see, uh, hard to decide, but um, it, it was a little bit blunt, I kind of feel.
0: That's the worry, isn't it, with with Erling Haaland this season, Adam, that you have such an integral part and when it's going well, you look at the United at home game. It, it's superb. When he's linking up, when he's scoring goals, um, obviously there's numerous occasions it's happened this season. What is it, 17 goals in the Premier League after I can't remember how many, how many games it is. When you take him out, there is that little bit of eek, you know, what do we do now? We saw Kevin De Bruyne almost stuck on, I think you put a tweet out, Adam, saying something like, it's like his controller died. He was just spamming crosses constantly into the box for Danny Ward to, to catch. Does City have to be a bit more flexible? I know we're going to get into the personnel shortly, but does City have to be a bit more flexible because you can't take one player out and everything sort of folds in on itself. With Julian Alvarez, different player, you almost have to find a way to involve them all at the same time, or else it's going to be stale like we've seen in the last few weeks.
2: I don't actually think this is a Holland problem at all. Um, You know, when we spoke leading up to the season with Ali Kirsch, and we kind of built our ideal starting 11 from this squad, one of the things that we all agreed on was the front three. I mean, Holland not included. He's obviously going to be stuck in there centrally, but with the wingers it's totally dependent on the fullbacks and whether or not we have overlapping fullbacks, inverted fullbacks. Um, And with Kyle Walker's injury, we're now seeing obviously a combination of Jao Cancelo and one of Manuel Akanji, Nathan Ake, or John Stones, either on the left or the right. Um, And I think that I've been adamant about this in the last few episodes. I think that's what's hampering City's attack at the moment and why it feels like Wingers are isolated and don't have any options but to turn back and 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 recycle the ball um, because we've seen with Pep Guardiola's City side for years now that the whole attacking system is based on overloads and creating those triangles in the corner and in the half spaces and creating a, 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 and. A situation in which you have more attackers than defenders we saw brendan Rodgers after the i think it was brendan rodgers or maybe it was a, a leicester player saying if we put five in the back they put six up front if we put six in the back they put seven up front and that's mm. what city's attack has always been based around is creating those overloads and 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 outnumbering defenders but what we're seeing now is greelish picking up the ball out wide and, and he's got a left back a left center back and a left central midfielder tucking in and there's nowhere to go. And Mm. for me, that's fully down to the fact that there's essentially no fullbacks in this system. There is a hybrid winger and Cancelo kind of buzzing around that left-hand side. And over on the right, you don't have anybody overlapping because it's a third center back. Um, So for me, it's not a Holland issue. I think Holland, Alvarez, Foden, who's who's ever playing centrally, if you have those overloads out wide and in the half spaces, it frees up space everywhere else around the attack, and and it feels like City can be more direct and and less uh, uh, of recycling men.
0: Recycling men, wow, that's a, that's a phrase I didn't think I've. Is that I today. mean they,
2: we? I know that I know that it's a politically incorrect term. I want to point that out that the word the garbage man, the, the phrase garbage men, is politically incorrect. But does the same apply? Is it recycling men? Is that ever been a label, or did I just make that up?
0: I have absolutely no idea what you're speaking about. This is I am I am so confused. You can do your little research in the background. I'll go to Alex. Um let's move on to personnel. Jack Grealish, he was a player who as has become the norm so far since he arrived at City last season, took a lot of flack um for not being, I don't know, Leroy Sane, for not being someone he isn't. Let's. I tell you what. We're going to look at every single of the four players who are sort of out and out wingers for City this season, and we'll start with Grealish. Firstly, how have you found his performances? How have you judged him? Because every person's different. I know Adam and I are getting to the point where I feel like his mum and dad speaking about him that much. But how have you found he's done so far this season? And I want you to give him a rate, and Adam, I'll ask you, and I'll give myself, uh, I'll give him a rate myself as well. But we'll use a traditional A plus A B C D E system. Go lower if you want. But Jack Grealish's performances, Alex, how have you found them, and what would you rate them?
3: Uh, it's so um, it's tricky, isn't it? Uh, I think I I I'm sort of getting more. T- it's weird actually because I started the season being very sort of defensive of him, and of mm. Jack Grealish, and. You know, obviously, there was lots of people last season saying, you know, oh, he doesn't he doesn't run at people enough. He doesn't score enough goals. He doesn't get enough assists. And obviously, there was, you know, I was just coming out with the caveats of, well, he's needed time to bed in. That isn't what he's been asked to do. He's doing quite well at the things that are most important for how Guardiola wants his wingers to behave. And he's still doing that. But at the same time, it's, I'm now starting to think sort of, well, he is still doing those things very well. And, you know, if we we're going to put a rating on it, Probably go you know maybe uh I don't know if we if we're going off like if he if he'd continued you know came back from the international break, he looked really sharp, didn't he, as as he mm. did in that game away at wolves so I would have maybe if he carried on like that I, I would have liked to have said a b, um okay, maybe maybe still a b, just mm. but you know it's been a bit weird, the last sort of few games I kind of expected he to have a bit more of a run, he hasn't, mm. um, but yeah, just just going back to what I was saying, I think. Yeah, it's all well and good that, you know, City didn't sign him to score the number of goals or what an assist that he did at Villa. He's not the main man anymore. Um, He does have a role to do in the team. But, you know, there's surely other players out there that are very good at keeping hold of the ball and holding width. And I don't know, it just feels like we can't forever keep going on saying it's almost like it's going to get to the point where, you know, oh, he doesn't need to score goals and assists because he's really good at keeping the ball on the wing. And like, I know that's a bit of an oversimplification, but I think he does need to like, you know, Guardiola will always come out and defend him in the press and whatever and say, you know, he's doing fine, he's doing what I want him to do, but they're, they're, he will want more from him in terms of, you know, scoring himself or or maybe getting more assists. And obviously with assists, there's the thing of you can't always control if, it's, if the chance is finished off or not. And I, I just looked at some stats before and, you know, on a per 90 basis, he is the fourth best player in the league for shot-creating actions. Um, mm. So, you know, it's, it's not like he's not creating anything at all. And overall, he's the 47th best player. And given that he's played a lot less than most of the players above him, it's it's pretty good. But mm. I think at some point, you know, he does need to do a bit more. Um, We can't just keep, you know, however long his contract is, I can't remember, is it five years or something? We can't, for the whole time, it can't just be this, where it's like, yeah, he's really good at keeping hold of the ball. He slows games down, which is very important. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, helps in certain games. But we definitely do need to see more before the the end of this season, I think, to really say, yeah, he's starting to really kick on now. And he was starting to do that, you know, against Wolves a few weeks ago, he was really good. I thought against United, he was excellent. We need more of that. And, but I don't know. But then the last sort of couple of times he's played, it's not, it's sort of been a little maybe regression back to what he was doing last season, where he was doing the basics that Guardiola wants him to do, but perhaps not quite um, in the final third, quite not sharp, uh, not quite sharp enough perhaps. Um, that's just my personal thoughts. Yeah.
0: No, interesting. Interesting. No, it, it's definitely valid. Um, Adam. Is it getting too easy for Jack Grealish to carry on doing the stuff he's been doing for the last, what, 15 months or so? Does he... And and he said himself he needs to sort of add more goals and assists. That's something he's going to look to do. And and Alex, you mentioned the stats there. I look back at the Copenhagen game where he got man of the match. How on earth he didn't get an assist during that game, if not multiple? There is more parties at play here. You create a chance. Someone's got to take it. Is it getting too easy, though, for people to keep saying Jack Grealish is great at doing this? when really he should be doing more of that?
2: Yeah, perhaps. Um, Look, obviously I'm the supreme dictator of the the (laughs) Double G Grealish gang, but um, of course I'm not dumb enough to think that his statistical output is good enough. You know, you look at the money that we signed him for, and obviously that's that's not his fault. No player can control the money that they're signed for. but, yeah, of course, I, I think that he needs to be scoring more and, and just putting more numbers up in general. But I do think the idea that all he does, aside from scoring, is recycle possession and keep a hold of the ball, I, I, I don't think that's very fair because you look at, you know, he he comes into a City team that, um, from, from Villa, obviously, where he was the most fouled player in the Premier League and in the, his first season at City, he's one of the most foul players in the Premier League and City scored the most goals from set pieces of any team in the league. And there's correlations there where he draws fouls, he creates space for others, and he draws a lot of defenders towards him that players that also recycle possession well, hold possession well, don't do that type of thing as, as well as Jack Grealish. And and obviously, I'll defend him until my dying days. Um, but as far as ratings go, I think I'm with Alex probably a B because there's obviously room for improvement statistically. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't look at other players in the squad and say, I'd rather have him in there because he can also recycle possession, but he'll score and assist because those players that recycle possession, keep a hold of the ball and score and assist, they're already on the pitch every game as it is. Mm. I don't look at, at any players kind of waiting in the wings and say, I'd rather have them than Jack Grealish.
0: Full house then. I'm going B as well. And and it, it feels like that's probably the measured approach. You could make an argument for C. I don't think you could make an argument for A at the moment. But but yeah, decent. decent. He's doing everything, everything that you want him to. It's just whether or not he can do more. Um, I think that's always going to be the case with Jack Grealish. Let's move on to Riyad Mahrez then. He's another player who has struggled this season. Now, Adam, you and I spoke about his contributions in last week's show. And we came to the conclusion that basically his his role has changed. And if you view him from the prism that Riyad Mahrez is now very much a squad player as opposed to the sort of the first name on the team sheet as it was getting to the point last season, then Mahrez is doing just fine. But Alex, how have you looked at Riyad Mahrez this season? Penalty, try and not mention the P word if we can from, you know, the, the, the spot kick from 12 yards. Let's not mention that in terms of overall um play. In the city team, how, how have you felt about Myers, and what would you give him rating-wise?
3: Yeah, it's been it's been so weird, hasn't it? Because you know, as you mentioned, obviously his, his role has changed. But the last two seasons, he's been comfortably one of City's best players. Last season was the top scorer. Season before that, he was integral in the Champions League run to the final. Mm. And now, all of a sudden, it's just... And, you know, we, he had a summer off. as uh, Actually, everyone had a summer off. I'm getting my summers mixed up. <laughs> um, sorry, no, well, he didn't have... There was Nations League, wasn't there? So, he had a bit yeah, of a yeah. bit more of a break yeah. than some of them. Um, yeah, so, I, but, but he's just come back and, you know, just nothing seems to be clicking, doesn't seem to be building any momentum you know he's he's on the bench he comes into the team doesn't really you know he's got a few goals here and there hasn't he not obviously not many but he's got a couple of goals I think this season mm. um and yeah I, I don't know I'm just wondering if it perhaps links into what um what Adam was talking about with the fullback thing maybe you know I feel like in it's just all getting a bit predictable when Maris plays on the right because I think I'm not sure why how this changes when Foden plays, but with Mares, it's just sort of obviously like we can't I'm not gonna Car Walker's not always been like the overlapping fullback. there's been plenty of times in the last few seasons where he's actually played more of an inverted role, and perhaps one of the number eights has come and provided overlaps but now with whenever Mares has played this season, it just seems very kind of narrow and mm-hmm. a bit predictable, and he's just not really finding the space or I don't know if it, it might be a confidence thing as well. Obviously, linking into mm. the to the p word, um, that's obviously <laughs> don't that say must be it. don't
0: say it. Don't that must say, be a confidence say, say thing.
3: But I think that feeds into the rest of his game as well. He's clearly not, you know, buzzing with confidence at the minute. Mm. Maybe that's kind of holding him back in some some regards. I don't know, but mm. it's, and it's just odd because you know, Guardiola did the sort of typical Guardiola thing where you kind of called him out, essentially a few weeks ago saying you know he's not quite in his best physical condition at the minute we need him to come back cause he's a really important player still and that's usually when a player will kind of not necessarily you know pull themselves up by the bootstraps because that suggests that they weren't trying before that but you know it's usually good things come after that and if anything he's got worse since that mm-hmm. um so I don't know it's I, I do wonder if it's if it's just sort of a confidence or a kind of a mental block kind of thing but it's it might be a product of the system I don't know
2: I think there is a discernible difference as well between like you mentioned Alex that he didn't always have Kyle Walker bombing down outside of him last season there was times when you know John Stones was playing right back or Fernandinho was playing right back and, and, and situations like that but I think there is a discernible difference in the way that City play without a an overlapping right back this season compared to seasons in the past Whereas now we're seeing a more defined back three, and that right-sided center back is not almost not going forward at all. I mean, mm. against Leicester on Saturday, they sat so deep that John Stones and, and Americ Laporte could step into the space. Um, but you think of, you know, games, I think it was the Leeds game last season at home where John Stones was playing an act- as an actual overlapping right back, and it was <laughs> yeah. it was pure comedy. But point being there is another player there taking up space. Whereas what I've said from kind of day one in this, with this back three is that there's no overlapping whatsoever. And those wingers are completely isolated. And I find it very hard. I'm not making excuses for, for Riyad Mahrez, but I find it hard to judge him when he's by himself. Grealish is by Mm -hmm. himself on, Mm -hmm. on the other flank as well. And as I mentioned with Grealish, if you can't. It's hard to criticize him and say you've got to be more direct when he picks up the ball, looks up, and he sees four opposition players, and he looks mm. to his side, he looks behind him, and there's no one.
3: Yeah. There's yeah, only yeah,
2: yeah. a there's only a twenty yard back pass to the to the right sided center back of a back three. <clears throat> With that being said. I do think there is a confidence issue and, and in moments when he does have the space, when he does have the time and he does have options in front of him, he's not making the most of it, but those, those situations are much fewer and far between than they have been in the past.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but on, uh, Grealish, Mahrez, the two players who need systems to work around them. Not necessarily to be built around them, but they need the system to work for them. They're not the sort of, and we'll get on to Phil Foden in part two, they're not the player who can make something out of nothing. They've never really been like that. They've always been players who work with other players. Um, Quickly then, Adam, rating or grade, whatever you want to call it?
2: I'll give it a C, and there's much room for improvement. I think that he will improve.
0: Nice, nice. Alex, same or, or different? Um...
3: Yeah, I think a C makes me sad, C. but yeah,
0: C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Mares! I'll tell you what—I'll—I'll go—I'll go C plus. I think we can mm. we can yeah. keep a smile on his face with a C plus. Um, okay, that'll do for part one. We'll be back in part two to speak about the the rest of the stragglers in cities wide areas. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Today we're speaking wingers, and no, not the chicken kind. Um. Adam, talk to me about Phil Foden. I remember you, you've already given him a shout out today, but Ollie Kirsch from one of the preseason pods said that the only place Phil Foden could go now was Ballon d'Or levels. Now, he had a quietish start to the season, didn't we? We had a couple of discussions on whether or not he was sort of underperforming, but he's exploded into life the last couple of months and and looks close, thankfully, we can say, to the levels we know he can produce.
2: Yeah, I think his move over to the right hand side has has benefited him a lot. Um, because when he gets the space kind of in the half space, he is um, you know, on his left foot inside and he can kind of do more with the ball instead of the yeah. kind of trademark Phil Foden on the left that we've seen in, in years past where he kind of, you know, just puts low shots into that back post that seem to always go about one inch wide. Um so I think that's helped him a lot. But but let's also, be fair in saying that he's moved around a bunch in the last mm, two seasons. Yeah. He's he's played everywhere in the front three, including the false nine, which is a difficult position, especially for Guardiola. Um, but I'm yeah, he he's been immense this season. I think the the move to the right has benefited him greatly. He seems to be sharper in front of goal. Um, I think obviously having Holland there has helped him a lot. And and for Foden to now not be the guy that needs to be it doesn't all need to run through him like it did when he was the false nine. I think that's taken a bit of, of a weight off of his shoulders and he can just be more expressive and be more free when he has the ball at his feet. Um, so yeah, if we're doing the ratings, I mean, it's, it's an A for me. I think he's been spectacular and yeah, yeah, he's, he's mm. been spectacular and and I still, to this day will say his future is in midfield um, but he's certainly, he's proving himself on, on the right to be deadly. So I've got no complaints
0: yeah, he's 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 up there isn't he with Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne. In fact, if you in that trio you're going to say who's above who. I think you have Haaland at the top. You probably have Foden second and then De Bruyne third. De Bruyne is having these moments of magic as we know, but in terms of consistency, Phil Foden this season has been poof. Chef's kiss. It's it's been beautiful at times, hasn't it, Alex? And it was the worst kept secret for some time, but that contract extension was a big boost. And it's hard to it's hard to argue with um, Adam's suggestion that he gets an A. I mean, you could even make an argument an A plus.
3: Yeah, I think I think I go with an A as well. Um, I think there's a little. He's had like as you say, you know, he was a little bit quiet against um, against Leicester, but I think yeah, I think he he just. He's just really good <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just he's he's um yeah, I think he's definitely been the best the best winger, and i think I do agree that the move to the right um it does seem to have opened sort of new avenues for him to to sort of you know exploit whereas before like it was great having him it was really exciting you know in twenty 2020, twenty 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 one having him as that sort of out and out left winger he was just sort of bombing down the wing, you know cutting the ball back or having those low shots um and that was really exciting. It was a great outlet, and it kind of almost—I know it wasn't immediately after Sané left. Or it was actually. It was a sort of a similar role to what Lee Rosane was was playing. But I do think having him on the right, there's just you know, it it's the next kind of step because so I think then he can sort of drop down. He can kind of drop into midfield and and ping the balls to the other sort of wing, you know, to to kind of try and create the overloads to move the defense across. And um and yeah, I think I do agree with Adam as well that, you know, the end goal is to sort of see him as a number eight. Mm. And I think he's I can't really pinpoint what game it was, but I think we have seen a few games now where he has started on paper as a winger, but just during the play, you do see him now drop a little bit deeper sometimes, or maybe not deeper but more infield, um, you know, to try and link up with Haaland and that kind of thing. Whereas yeah. two seasons ago when he was on the left wing, he was a left wing and that's where he was. I think playing on the right wing has given him a bit more license to sort of come in and, you know, someone else will go and occupy the right wing while he cuts in. Um and I think that's just gonna be I mean it's good for City because he's been really good, but it's good for him because I think it's oh, while it's not, you know, and he said he wants to be a midfielder, um, it's sort of a little bit allowing him to do more of the midfield stuff than when he was on the left wing. Um, and yeah, so I think I think an A. I wouldn't go A plus because he's he's had a few quiet games and maybe not quite got the consistency. But um, yeah, I'd say A. Yeah, he's been he's been very very good.
0: I'm sure he will be happy with that. And as a fellow Stockfordian, then uh, we, we can we can shake hands on that and, and we can agree with uh, with an A for for Phil Foden. Um, from from one Great Mancunian to another uh, part of the Great Mancunian double act, Cole Palmer. Prem soon come, he said in January, Adam, but it it, it seems like, as is, as has been the case in this country for the last couple of years, that train's been delayed a little. Important to remember, it's his first full senior season in, in senior football, sorry. Minutes have been a struggle, as have injuries at times as well. There have been glimpses, but it, it's difficult to analyse his com- contributions properly when we've only really seen him on 15-minute cameos off the bench and stuff like that, so you know take this with a pinch of salt but you sort of hope in post world cup he can he can flourish he can get fit and he can have a really good end to season
2: yeah i think games like tomorrow's game against sevilla will help some more dead rubbers would help him because i think mm. he's definitely he's done enough in his cameos to warrant more minutes um and yeah he's being drip fed in but but who hasn't been when they come from the academy and yeah. and you know, look at Phil Foden. We're we're speaking about him like he's, you know, a potential Ballon d'Or winner down <laughs> down the road. And and he got the same same treatment when he first came into the senior team. And there was all sorts of calls from from the supporters to see him more. And and you know, the message from Guardiola was kind of trust the process. And I think we got to do the same thing with Cole Palmer. We've said on previous episodes that Guardiola's, you know, the biggest thing that he can see in one of his players is his ability to trust them. And it takes a lot to build up your trust with, with Guardiola. So mm. he, he's going to get these 10 minutes here and there. And, and the more trust he builds that, that 10 is going to turn into 15 and then it's going to turn into 20 and, and 25, and then it's going to, you know, turn into start. So I've got no complaints with the way he's playing. I think he looks dangerous when he comes on and probably should have a couple more goals or assists based on the situations he's been in. Um, but if we're giving him a rating, I'm giving him probably a B, but that's, you know, relative to his expectations, Mm. you know, he's not on the same level as Jack Grealish's B, because Grealish is is an out-and-out starter, but relative to his expectations, I think um, I've got no complaints with him, really.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, what you said about trust, if Guardiola didn't trust him, he'd be playing at Wickham, or at Doncaster, or at Derby County, I was, you know, he'd be on loan essentially. He wouldn't be in the first team setup. So the fact that he is getting minutes is an indicator of trust. It might only be 15 minutes, but it's an indicator. Um, Alex, do you subscribe to that? It's a, it's the last one in our sort of quad of, of winger reviews, winger ratings. Is a, is a uh, what was it you said, a B? Is that a fair assumption? I, I think I would have said C, C plus maybe, but I can see where you're coming from with a B.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, I think it's just hard because yeah, obviously, as Adam said, it's it's a it, maybe it's a B, but relative to you know mm. how much he's actually played, which is not a lot, um, so you can't really compare him to any of the other sort of wingers in the squad. But you know, he has looked really quite exciting whenever he has come on. Uh, I think there was a game recently. Was it Brighton? Did he come off the bench? I can't quite remember, uh, but there was one, one possibly. In the last sort of two weeks or so, he came on and, you know, he looked really sort of really sharp and, um, you know, he's the type of, and I don't know if it's just him as a player or because he's young and, you know, young players have this, we have this image of all young players, you know, being really like sort of chomping at the bit, really eager to sort of prove themselves as soon as they come on the pitch. But whenever he does, he's, you know, even when it's a game that City are trying to see out um, and maybe this is slight sort of inexperience from him but he's always you know keep going mm. like he's, he's mm. trying to make those things happen late on in games when everyone else is kind of slowing it down maybe just passing the game away um but yeah he looks really exciting and he's you know it's if you go to a game and you see Cole Palmer sort of getting ready to come on it's you know you're going to get something a little bit exciting because he's just that kind of player um yeah so I'd, I'd probably go maybe like C plus Maybe a B, but obviously relative to the fact that he hasn't really played that much. But when he has, he's looked pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Here's a niche cricket reference for those who follow that sport, but he's a little bit like a a, a part-time mystery spinner in the sense that you, you're not always sure what you're going to get from him apart from the fact it will be flares and it will be fireworks. And, and Cole Palmer, I, I am... Certain he will flourish. It's just a matter of time. Um, before we wrap, then obviously it's important to say Bernardo Silva hasn't been mentioned today, but he's he's fucking fantastic, and he can get an A plus whenever he wants. He cannot, you know, he can also get whatever else he wants to stay in Manchester. I'm happy to provide, where and I'm sure everyone else is as well. Maybe a GoFundMe. Um, but Adam, here's a name quickly: Carlos Borges. There's been a clamor, and I think we're in we're in we're in the 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 area of clamor at the moment for him to get some minutes. We're seeing the Twitter clips. We're seeing the, the stats come out. And I've got some for you now. He's notched up 21 goal contributions from 16 games so far for the EDS team. That's across the UEFA Champions, UEFA Youth Champions League, I may add, before Infantino comes to my head with the, the wrong terminology. And the Premier League too. Is he the man to sort of solve these issues around City's lack of directness in the wide areas? Or is it probably for an 18-year-old a step too far? too soon for Borges? No. Nice. Nice. He's got a cool name, though. He's got a cool name.
2: Um, no, but to, but he's going to run into the same problem I said last week. You know, we we're seeing all sorts of people on Twitter saying, go get Musa Diaby or some super electric direct mm-hmm. winger, and they're going to step on the field and there's going to be 18 Leicester players in front of them, and we're going <laughs> to say, why are they passing backwards? No, uh, uh, some kid from the academy is not going to solve winger directness issues look if you know ryan Mahrez moves on in the next couple of seasons or uh you know Gundogan moves on and foden moves into midfield or something he might be the next man up his statistics obviously are great from um from the youth league um but we've had a lot of players like that come through city's academy that that flourish in the in the youth ranks and and don't really ever get the jump i'm not saying that's going to be him he looks great um but he's certainly not on the first team radar anytime soon, and I think that's totally fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'd be great to see him in. You know, you mentioned those dead rubbers. There's not that many of them. Sevilla, We've got a preview coming out tomorrow. That that could be one one of them. But but for now, I think it's safe to say he's he's where he should be. He's 18 years old um just let him do his thing and i think that's i think that's fair enough um right we'll, we'll call it a day there alex as always it's been a superb pleasure carry on what you're doing where can people find you if they don't know you already and i don't mean your bedroom i don't want people coming knocking on your house that, that would be wrong we're not endorsing that but online where can people find you
3: i mean it's it's halloween isn't it so you know yeah, this is true. the one night of the year where randomers are allowed to come and knock on my door but um yeah it's <laughs> People can find me at, uh, at Alex underscore Brotherton on Twitter and I'm over at the Manchester Evening News writing about City every day. So
2: there.
0: Yeah, these worse jobs than have. Um, <laughs> Adam, it's been a pleasure. Two, two from two so far. It's been good.
2: It's been great. I have a question before we get out of here real quickly. Is Stockfordian actually what people from Stockport are called?
0: I'm gonna leave that for the mysterious ones out there to find No, 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 because this doesn't let, make.
2: Where does the? Why have you just stuck an F in there?
0: Let your imagination. It should be Stockportonian. That's a terrible. All shot, right, I'll you,
2: sp- I'll speak I'll speak to you and the rest of you Stockportonians <laughs> later then. <laughs>
0: Um, I've been Amos Murphy, I've been joined by Alex Brotherton and a very annoying Adam Booker. We'll be back tomorrow with a severe preview. Until then, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you later.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? at participating restaurants only 18 and plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans